This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all the things that make our city a great place to live, work, and play. Today's host built her career in communications and public relations after graduating from Florida Southern College. Now in her sixth year with the Lakeland Symphony Orchestra, she's seeing Lakeland's 56-year-old symphony through a new name and new brand. She's on the boards of LKLD Now, Polk Arts Alliance, and Lakeland Vision. Please welcome your host, Amy Wiggins. Welcome to the Good Life. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Amy Wiggins, and I am thrilled to be hosting this month's edition of Listen Lakeland. This show is an extension of Lakeland Vision, and for more than two decades, Lakeland Vision has been a voice for the citizens of Lakeland, working with community stakeholders to create a bright future for our city. I am so excited to be live and in person for once with my friend, um, Carrie Falwell, who's here to tell us a little bit about her role as chair for the Lakeland Mayor's Council on the Arts. But before we get started with that, I would love for Carrie to introduce herself and tell us maybe what her day job is, how she came to Lakeland, all of those fun things. So Carrie, thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad to see you. I'm glad to see you, Amy. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Um, Yes, I'm happy to introduce myself. So I am Carrie Falwell, like you said. By day, I am CEO of Florida Children's Museum, which most people will remember as Explorations 5 Children's Museum. Yes. So we are operating as that and as we have for 30 years in downtown Lakeland, and we're reopening with our bigger purpose at Bonnet Springs Park as Florida Children's Museum next year. Which is so amazing. I I really feel like um, folks don't that we've heard a lot about Bonnet Springs and we've heard a lot about the amazing things that are happening out there and and having a children's museum there is just going to be so exciting. I know it's the building is bigger and better and more modern and all of those great things that sound like a TV commercial. <laughs> they do, they do, yeah. The, the park is a tremendous investment in not just our, our city, but in the in the Kathleen neighborhood, um, in that junction of George Jenkins and, and Kathleen, it's just beautiful. And we're honored and, and so, so grateful that the park sees value in the Children's Museum mission and that they're such strong supporters. Um, they're building us a beautiful $10 million facility that we are um, filling with $7 million of professionally designed and, and uh, fabricated exhibits. So it'll be a, a, whole, new, a whole new experience. And I'm so excited to see the finished product because I know how much effort you have put into it. I know how much effort, as you said, the 30 years of Mm -hmm. volunteers and leadership that have grown the Children's Museum from its beginnings, you know, as I think you were telling me and where the pita pit used to be, which is where I have a a story. I used to work at the Children's Museum Uh, and when it was in the in the pita pit building (laughs) back and we had the the birthday party area Mm -hmm. in the back and multiple levels and my job for those listening who know me you'll understand was partly to feed the frogs 
the shock on your face. It's and still, I, it's still, it's still raw. It's I don't, that was my <laughs> least favorite part of the. I loved everything else about it, but the frogs that they're the one thing that terrify me. And even even in my days as a YMCA counselor, I would end up having like a frog in my car, and the poor children would run out and try to get it oh. out for me because they knew that's. And so this is that's a whole nother episode that we don't have time for today. Later, later, later. <laughs> later. They're, they're turtles now. You're okay. You okay, good. They're, more they're more advanced now. amphibians. Yeah. With, yeah, good. Yeah. Well, we're not here to talk about that at all. No. What we are here to talk about is the Lakeland Mayor's Council on the Arts. And so just can you give me a brief history of the Lakeland Mayor's Council on the Arts? Why does it exist? Who is it? And then we'll start to talk about what's happening next. Sure. So three mayoral terms ago, uh, the city commission adopted through a resolution, the mayor's council on the arts. And what it does is formalize a funding opportunity for nonprofit 501c3 arts organizations Mm -hmm. and appoint leaders of our established arts organizations to a council that advises the city on arts matters. Right. And that can, they advise on um, how the grants process works Mm -hmm. for that funding line item. They advise on um, public arts issues that may come up. And then it allows the leaders to come together formally throughout the year to discuss items that um, are meaningful to advancing the quality of life through arts and culture in the city of Lakeland. Well, you know, our, our city, as a, as a government has put such a focus on creating a high quality of life for yes. its residents through this arts and culture um, council and, and also through our parks and recreation. That's probably the most visible experience that most people have, the mm-hmm. tangible experience that most people have with that quality of life um, commitment. So it's, it's interesting to hear about how the arts leaders connect because I th- as someone who came into the arts world, um, I thought arts organizations just always talked to each other and everybody was kind of in one room all the time. And so it was kind of, um, was, it was an interesting experience for me to have the opportunity then to go to one of those arts council meetings and understand how we're kind of in the trenches on a daily basis and we yeah. don't necessarily have this face-to-face time without the facilitation of something like the Mayor's Council on the Arts. Right. Right. So I, I really, it, I've come to understand a little bit better about it, um, and and it's become invaluable. And I know you have built some incredible relationships through that and formed some partnerships. And one of the things that I want to talk about um, as we move closer to the end of our time, I'd love to talk about some of the tangible ways that mm-hmm. the council is reaching out into the community. Um, but in the meantime, can we talk a little about how our arts and cultural organizations in the city of Lakeland are unique? Um, I know I've heard you speak, you've, you've addressed the city commission before to talk about how Lakeland is unique in its arts and cultural offerings, especially mm-hmm. in our greater metropolitan areas, um, through the, what we have that some of our maybe larger brothers and sisters in, in surrounding cities don't have. Can you tell me a little about that? Yeah, I'd love to. And this is something that I would hope every citizen in Lakeland knows and understands the value of which is between Orlando, Sarasota, Tampa, and Lakeland, we're the only one that has a professional version of every major arts industry. That's phenomenal. It's crazy. 
And we're, so we're the only ones, not crazy that I can't believe it's in Lakeland that that the other cities just haven't invested in all of it, right? right. So we have a, a professional symphony. We have a professional dance company. We present professional opera. We have a world-class art museum. We have a children's museum. We have a Broadway series. Those are kind of the major, sure, the major performing arts industries. And and it's people come to us because we have all of those things. Right. But then also people come to us and go, I can't believe you have all of these things. Right. Absolutely. I think I think we. Um, tend to kind of take it for granted as um, people who are connected in that, in the community, so to speak. And we don't realize until we go on vacation and think, oh, well, I'll go to the museum and there isn't one where we are, or, oh, I'll take in a show and we can't find a performing arts center or a historic theater or those sorts of things. So right. um, it's it's really kind of amazing. And, and I hear it on a regular basis. Our office is on campus at Florida Southern and your office right downtown. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you interact with visitors to our area on a regular basis who are surprised, happily surprised at what they've found in the Lakeland community. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what I also find are other cities looking at us going, we can't let them get ahead. Oh, that's interesting. You know, right. so um, Tampa's trying, they, they have some paid professional dancers, mm-hmm. but nothing like what we have here. Right. So it, it's just, it's really interesting. And, and I think that it's important for citizens to understand that it's happening, but then also to understand how to get involved. Right. And what is that going to do for you? And what is that, what, um, how, how can that help me heal over the last two years? <laughs> Absolutely. That's one of the things that as, as the symphony, we have heard so much um, because the the symphony does offer and performing arts in particular and and visual arts offer an opportunity to just be still Mm -hmm. for a moment. And that's one of the things that our patrons have repeatedly told us that they are just so grateful to, to have the opportunity to sit and just listen and to not worry about the news headline popping up on their phone or the, the worry about what was going to happen next on the news or whatever it might be. And I would imagine that, especially in the Children's Museum world, you have found that our children also are in need of that support system. Oh, for sure. Our arts obviously are tailored towards children and art in general is a social emotional exploration Mm -hmm. for a child whose social emotional regulations are still developing. Right. And they haven't had those opportunities to practice that development in social, social situations or have been overwhelmed with emotions, um, losing people close to them or seeing someone sick, which can be really scary or not having the chance to play with other kids. I mean, we have a, we have a critical situation on our hands with um, with that, and it's gonna it's gonna come down the pipeline. We're gonna start seeing it in academic scores. We're gonna start seeing mm-hmm. it in behavior interventions, um, and as those children get older, they're going to need more social emotional regulation opportunities, like visiting an art museum or going to a symphony. Right. That's what's gonna help balance them out. Well, and I I would love for you to talk a little more about how a children's museum that or because I think. Sometimes it can look as though, um, well, I shouldn't say it that way. I should say sometimes I think that we can open our minds to a little better understanding of the purpose behind play. Sometimes we are taught um, or come to come to learn 
that play is not something that we should celebrate. And the Children's Museum sees that exactly the opposite. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about how you celebrate play and why that's important. I'd love to. So play is the language of childhood. It is literally the best and only way a child can clearly articulate what they're thinking and feeling to a grown-up. And play in adulthood sometimes looks like traditional play, but a lot of the time it looks like something else. And when you're looking at a child in a children's museum and wondering how does that connect with art or how does that connect with with culture, mm-hmm. um, what we do is build an exhibit that brings the world to them. What happens is a child only learns about themselves first, right? It's called right. the ego, right? We all know that, right? So you, yes. you, you develop your ego first. So you learn about yourself and then you learn about your home and then you learn about your neighborhood and then you learn about your city. And then by the time they're about five, they go, oh, I live in a, I live in a city and it's called Lakeland. Right. Well, isn't that neat? <laughs> Right. So Mm -hmm. we build a little city so that they can start to understand how these things work together. Now, a grown up may go to the Polk Museum of Art and look at a piece of may look at an oil painting and be really touched by how the the subject matter is interacting with the landscape. Mm -hmm. A child can't do that because they physically don't understand that a person interacts with anything. Got it. Right. So we're developing these, these early skills that allow them to um, make human connections, to make their own social-emotional connections, and they do it in a way that looks very playful and looks very childlike, and it's exactly the way that they should be doing it. That's phenomenal. I, I so appreciate the way that you explain that, and I uh, especially love the way that you describe it as connections and that you talk about the connections that we make to one another and to our communities and to the world around us because for for us as the symphony I think we we love to talk about what we do in that way as well and so I I'd love for us as uh, we can dialogue this, but let's talk a little about how our arts community in Lakeland is building those connections. And and then we can be really intentional about talking about the physical things that we're doing to build those connections back out. So for us, we know that our patrons love to be in relationship with each other. They love to be connected to their fellow symphony patrons and experience the same thing at one time. And that's particularly why the the pandemic closures were so challenging for us because we had people maybe watching online or one or two people in the in the audience with us, but we weren't able to bring each other into that um, that really kind of shared experience that makes the symphony so special. And I know those other art forms that you were mentioning offer that same connectivity and that same purpose. Tell me a little bit more about how we're how that works in uh, and around the arts community in Lakeland. Well, it's powerful and it's very interconnected. So I think a great example is you, the Lakeland Symphony, had an outdoor concert outside of the Polk Museum of Art. Yes. You used a structure that symbolizes visual art as a backdrop to a performing arts. Yes. Right. It, you made you made a very literal connection. 
We actually, can I tell you a secret? Yeah. We actually made an even bigger literal connection um, because now through mid-January, mm-hmm. the symphony's musicians have actually guest curated an exhibition <gasps> at, inside the museum. And so you can visit the museum and see artworks that were selected by symphony musicians and hear music that they either performed or intentionally selected to go along with those pieces. So that's you, beautiful. It's, it's really amazing. And for the record, admission to the museum is free, right? There's no reason why people can't have that experience. Right. Right there. And I, those are two perfect examples you weren't disconnecting the two. You weren't saying we we fight for patrons. We're saying right. we we um, make each other better and we yes. make each other stronger. And you can get to know these musicians a little bit better by understanding, by seeing the artwork that they pick out right. and the music that they, they put with it. Like what, how beautiful is that? Is it's, it's been really amazing. And I think from both sides, it's been really eye-opening because for a lot of musicians, they're used to being in the background. They're the string quartet in the corner at the Bridgerton party or whatever it might be. And so for them to have the opportunity to be kind of on, on the wall on mm-hmm. display, it's a really special experience for them and for the, the museum as well to bring people in and give them an added experience and an added conversation about how music changes the way we view things. Right. I think another great example of that connectivity is uh, something that Jermaine's been working on a lot with Florida Dance Theater, Mm -hmm. where he's making these intentional connections between technology and technology as an art form with movement and dance. Yes. And so he's not necessarily working with artists. He's working with scientists Mm -hmm. and mathematicians. Yes. But wouldn't Da Vinci tell us that science and arts are one and the same? Absolutely. That you can't have innovation without imagination. Right. So it goes across the bounds of what we think as traditional arts. And the people in our community are um, creating. They're always creating, right? They're always creating. They're always um, looking for new ways to push themselves because they have to. I don't. If you don't know an artist, I don't know another way to explain that. Like you... Right. It's this innate drive to create. And I think to, to, to take that even a little bit farther, one of the things that I always, a little, little part of my heart breaks when I hear someone say, oh, I don't have any musical talent or, oh, I don't have any artistic talent because that's just not physically possible. You know, <laughs> as, as humans, that's kind of what we do. We are, to your point, born to create. And it doesn't mean that we're all creating art like Picasso was, or we're all playing the cello like Yo-Yo Ma, but some, we may bake, or we may garden, or we may care for children in a way that is creative and artistic. And all of those things matter and are an important connection back to that culture and quality of life that we are building in the Lakeland community. Yeah, and and the fact that for a community of our size to find the ability to invest in all of these arts types, mm-hmm. you know, and not, not just the ones on the council, not just the established organizations, but the new ones. I mean, I love what Ellen's doing in Art Crawl. Let's bring yes. out all of those really innovative young artists yes, and give it. them a platform to do it. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's exactly what we should be doing. Um, and people are finding the connections between dollars and, and innovation, and they're, they're making it happen, right? The, 
you can want to do something all you want. People actually do things here. Completely. I love that you're saying that. And, and I, I really appreciate the part where, where you're bringing up that kind of next generation right. of artists because that has to be that that has to be an intentional step. It won't always just happen. And it didn't happen that way in Lakeland. It was intentional for us to bring along those, to intentionally start the Children's Museum 30 years ago mm -hmm. and to intentionally start a symphony and a museum of art 50 years ago. Those are all things that have to be a community-wide effort. Mm -hmm. And those new folks coming along now specifically have an opportunity through the Mayor's Council on the Arts, through the grants process, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the grants process is open through September 27th for this year. And then the awards will be made in October. And last year was the first year that the council made the very specific decision to open it up to all arts organizations. Right. And I, 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 I don't think before that, it's not that there wasn't a desire to, it's that you just have to do it. Right. right. Exactly. So what that means is instead of allocating funds to um, arts organizations named on the resolution, any 501c3 Arts organization can apply for funding from the city through a competitive grants application. It's adjudicated by a non-associated panel of judges. Right. There's a scoring matrix. Um, everyone will get copies of their score so they understand any comments or notes that people said. And then the city funds are distributed um, very equally. Right. And last year we were able to bring on new arts organizations these um, emerging folks or an, you know, maybe a mostly volunteer organization with one or two mm -hmm. paid staff and they're, they're making this work and they're bringing something new. And what I really love about that is not only that we're bringing in new folks to the, into the fold, which is so important, yes, but we need to be investing in innovation. Absolutely. This is the reward for the work that we have done to educate children on the symphony orchestra and educate children on classic art and educate children on the fine arts and ballet. And this is, this is now the reward. They're coming and bringing us their interpretations of that. And right. what an incredible benefit that is. How amazing to be able to see that come kind of full circle. Right, right. And we need it. Yes, we need the the symphony needs new guest artists to to bring on. You right. need uh, new music, new music. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The you know the children's museum. I'm going to need new mural artists. I need new arts educators. Um, in the new museum, we've got a whole section on digital music. Fascinating. It it's not anything that we would have even dreamed of 30 years ago, right? right? We, we were holding up a tape recorder to the radio trying to get that Madonna song. Like, right. it was not, you wouldn't, <laughs> no. have, you wouldn't have had that. No. So it, it's necessary for us to move forward. But more importantly than that is it's representing who we are now as a society. Right. It's a snapshot of what we are, which is which is a large part of what the arts are. Mm -hmm. When you look at that, you said Picasso. When you look at that Picasso painting, you're getting a snapshot of Spain, right? And what what was going on at and that, that point. time exactly? Mm -hmm. And that's why I I think you um you know that Alex at the museum has also done an exhibition about 
art of this moment Mm -hmm. and how important that is. And and we may look at it and giggle now because it's a photograph of a wall of toilet paper Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it is that we may kind of need to giggle about because we've all been through this shared trauma. But that will be important as generations from now, people are able to look back and and see and understand and how great that he's curated that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the, it's the reason why our seasons are so diverse too. Mm -hmm. It's why you program new music and classics, right? Because you're, you want to honor the history of what was happening. No one's going to write something like you know, Mozart wrote. It's right. a very specific type of music. It's a very specific way that he composed. Right. But you also need the, the, new, the new blood. You need yes. the new compositions. You want to experiment with what the audience likes. You want to expose them to something new. And maybe it's a little weird. Like, you know, I mean, you know, right. my husband's a classical musician and he plays, I, I call it squeaks and squawks. Yeah. <laughs> he plays bass clarinet and it's, the new music is, is funky, but mm-hmm. he needs to experiment with performing with it. Well, and and the classic music was funky at the time. Let's oh, go sure. back and read about how that Firebird right? people threw their threw, their clothes yes. off and ran out the yes. theater, or threw tomatoes at <laughs> Beethoven as he conducted. I mean, it's, it's absolutely yeah. people. That's one of the great things to me about art is that there's always an art critic. Whether you oh, think yeah. you know anything about art or music or anything, you can be critical of it because it's about how it makes you feel. Yeah. And so we're all technically art critics in some form or fashion. We would prefer it if you would be nice to us. <laughs> but we love that feedback and we love that it makes you feel something, right? Yeah. That's the ultimate goal for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm worried that we're going to run out of time because I think you and I could talk um, as long as we needed to. So we talked about the mayor's council a little bit. We talked about the grants process, but most importantly for the citizens of Lakeland as it relates directly to creating uh, an amazing space for people to find things to do and engage with the arts. Tell me about LKLDArts.org. So this is such a great tool for the community. So lkldarts.org is a website that houses all of the arts organization events and programs. So there's a calendar and you can go on and you can see everything that's happening that Friday night or everything that's happening that Saturday night. And the arts organizations populate it themselves. Um, there's a vetting process. So we know that it's, you know, it's going to be quality. Right. It's, it, it's, it's going to be worth your time and money to go to. Um, and then you, you, you can click right through it, go to their website, buy their tickets, and you're all set. Super. We really wanted to make it easy. So we also have a presence on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Same tag, LKLD Arts. You can look for the hot pink like thought bubble with LKLD <laughs> yeah, it in it. Bubble, yes. um, it. It's really a, a wonderful investment that the council made into the community because of how important that connection is. And I know we've said that time and time again in this, in this interview, but, but connection, right? It's so important. And we wanted to make it really, really easy for the community to connect with the arts. Well, I, yes. And I was part of that conversation and it has just, the, the site itself has turned out to be such an incredible resource for our organization. We love that we can see the traffic coming from lkldarts.org and we know that um, that people are using that to find um, those high quality arts 
experiences mm-hmm. for themselves and for their families. And so there, there are, um, there's a page for each one of the arts organizations that are represented on there yes. as well. And you can see photographs, you can see their events, and you can also learn more about how to connect with the council. And Dave, there again, we're talking about that connection. But um, you can learn how to connect with each of those arts organizations because we know that they are all nonprofits mm-hmm. and they do love to have volunteers help out and support them. So um, tell me more. Is there an easy way for um, for an arts organization to connect back out with, with a patron or a patron coming through lakelandarts.org? Can they click through to learn about volunteering and those sorts of things? So the best thing you could do is fill out the contact form okay. if you had a specific interest. And you can select uh, a genre of art if you'd like that. Okay. So if you're interested in dance, you just click dance and you, you go through and do that. Or if you're not quite sure what you're looking for, you can always email info at lkldarts.org and we'll easy. get back to you. It's super easy. Um, ultimately, we want to help you find the information that that you need. Because there are plenty of opportunities for you to find your connection to engage with the arts. And I am thrilled that you're a part of making the Lakeland Mayor's Council on the Arts successful and making lkldarts.org successful and continuing to build the arts and culture community here in Lakeland. Thank you so much, Carrie, for being my guest today. It's always a joy to visit with you. Oh, it's all my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you to... um Thank you to Lakeland Vision. Thank you to our phenomenal sound guy. He's been so patient with all my kicking under the table. Yes, definitely. No, it's been lovely. Thank you for having us. Of course. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to Listen Lakeland today. I would love to remind you, please, to visit the Lakeland Vision website at lakelandvision.org so that you can offer your feedback on our community's vision and what makes it great. Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications. Truly a community working together to keep you informed on the many things that make Lakeland such an amazing city. Thank you for being with us.